0: You can subscribe to Locked on Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked on Rays. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Rays, And check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered. Ulysses, we have made it. We have made it to the final player reviews of 2020. For the (laughs) Rays now, what we'll do? Our goal is to do player reviews for every team and every player throughout baseball. That's right. That would be baseball
1: baseball history. In baseball history, a player review, yeah, of course, season by season, yeah. But it's it's here. The last player review episode. How
0: about that? And we have Joey Wendell and Ryan Yarbrough. I don't know if we saved the best for last, but saved pretty good ones for last. And of course, they're. Their last names just means they're they're at the end of the lunch line there, as far as that's concerned. <laughs> uh, without wasting any more time, let's get right into it. Joey Wendell, I will do his player review. He is 30 years old and 228 days. Uh, in 2020, baseball reference gave him a 1.2 war, FanGraphs a 1.0 war, in 50 games played and 184 played appearances, he posted a slash line of 286, 354, 435 with a 777 OPS. He had four home runs, nine doubles, two triples, eight stolen bases, 17 RBI, and 24 runs scored. His OPS plus was 116. Uh, and his WRC plus, unless I'm mistaken, was. Uh, 116 as well. I could be wrong on that, but uh, his walk rate was just 5.4%. His strikeout rate was 19.4%. Uh, what else about Joey do we know? Well, we know he plays third. He plays second. He plays short. He's a top-notch base runner, top-notch defender, and he doesn't swing and miss all that often. Uh, I should also add that like several Rays, Hitters. He had a uh, crummy postseason, as far as the numbers are concerned, uh, under the Mendoza line and just not very good whatsoever in fifty eight at bat. So that is what I have for Joey Wendell. No batting gloves.
1: Uh not not bad. I think one of the 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 main reasons uh why you want to keep this guy is not only the versatility, but man, uh it just seems like he can produce in, in, in in more ways than one with speed on the basis. He does have some reasonable pop. I I know you said four home runs, but he can't, I think he, that's more pop than, than if you extrapolate that, that's what 12 home runs. uh, Yeah. I think if he
0: wanted to hit more home runs, he could, but he naturally has a short compact swing because he's just trying to spray the ball and put it out and plate all over the field. Like sort of like Bad comparison, but Ichiro. Ichiro had legit power, but he's not trying to be a thirty thirty five home run guy. That's not how he maximizes his game. And I think Joey Wendell exactly can that with him.
1: And, and one thing that I I do want to add on to the, the review here is the barrel percentage he hit the ball con- uh, more consistently in the sweet spot this year it's actually uh, his highest in, in, in with, with the rays at 3.7% so that's nice to see if 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 he gets on that track then you know better barrel percentage means you're going to get more opportunities for for, for, for damage and that—that's what you want from from a guy who's going to be posting what 100, 120 games, hopefully in in a regular season uh, w- with all the moving around. Uh, this is a this is a quality guy. 116 OPS plus, yes. 116 WRC plus. This is somebody you want in your lineup uh, more often than not. And, and I think he's shown that his defense is good. His, his bats, uh, his bats good. His, his speed is good. Uh, I I don't know how you don't play Joey Wendell right now.
0: You'd love to have just a team full of Joey Windels all, yeah. all around the diamond, a guy who does a lot of different things and gives full effort. I mean, there's a reason we call him Joey Hustle. He is, he is fun right. to watch from that perspective, and we've got to keep in mind that he was sort of a forgotten guy coming into the 2020 season because he had such a porous 2019 campaign, and that all goes back and centers on that wrist injury, that, that wrist, I guess, mm-hmm. fractured wrist That he had. It's hard to recover from that and be productive. Wrist injuries are really, really tricky, especially if you're a baseball player. If you're a runner, okay, you can deal with a wrist injury, but when you use your wrist for pretty much every baseball movement and something that takes a long time to heal, I'm not a doctor or anything, but there's not a lot of cartilage in there, not a lot of I've had a wrist injury and it took me like, I just had a sprain and it took me like five months for it to get back to normal. And it was painful every time I swung a golf club.
1: Uh, uh, Kevin, I don't know if you remember this, but during college, I actually had a wrist fracture and, and that took forever. I mean, this is, it's, it's, it's honestly, when, when a guy gets a fracture and then they still come back in the season, that just, Mm -hmm. they're just made Like other, uh, unlike any other regular human being that's watching from the couch, and you're saying, Why is this? Why is Wendell not producing? This is ridiculous. Cut him off from the team. It's like, Can you do something after you fracture your your wrist? Probably not. He's handling 95 uh, on the barrel. So that had to be taken into account. I don't think a lot of race fans did do that. I think a lot of race fans kind of lost a lot of the, the shine that he had from the 2018 season going into 2019 saw him really underperform because of the injury and they didn't care about that. But I'm here to say that if, like you said, if Joey Wendell, uh, you know, was cloned into 25 other guys, that would be a winning ball club. This is the kind of hustle that kind of, you know, the, the want to, to, to perform well. I, I love that from Joey.
0: Yeah, and that's the other thing. You mentioned it, the 2018 season. It's not like we can't just look at this and say, oh, well, it's a small sample size from Joey Wendell. No, 2018, he played 139 games and batted 300 and led all raised position players and more. He has a track record right. of success in being a really, really solid, good ball player. And, um, you know, he he's a guy that... You know, we, we've talked so much about strikeouts on this team. His his strikeout numbers, at least in the regular season, were very good, elite level. And he puts the ball in play, for the most part, one way or the other. He he usually, if it is an out, he usually finds a way to make it a productive out, whether it's a sacrifice fly or simply moving the runner over. You've got Manny Margot at second and no outs. And you, you put a ball into the outfield just so you can move Margot over to third. It's those types of things that are really valuable. And then on the flip side, defensively, I think we saw his best work at third base, the, the quick reflexes, the the choppers, the throws down the line. Um, I, if you watch him closely, he is always ready, always prepared in a crowds position, balls on his feet ready for any, any ball that, I mean, even if it's a, a high strikeout guy like Tyler glass now or Blake Snell, you know, Joey Wendell is going to be ready when the ball, if the ball is hit to it.
1: Definitely. And, and you saw that in the postseason, too, you know, how 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 adept he, he was at, at fielding his position. I think that, uh, like him and Willie Adamas, they, they have a little bit of a trouble with with the consistent throws where they need to be. But uh, nonetheless, uh, he really showed how, how well he can handle the, the hot corner. You mentioned the strikeouts at 19 percent, which is his highest um, percentage in, in this amount of games in his big league season. Nineteen um, percent, which okay, I would. That's that's a really good number uh, in a regular season. That's a Great number, I think. But it has increased. So I went, I looked into that. I'm like, okay, I, I love the nineteen percent, but why did it increase from seventeen point six from seventeen point nine? What happened this year? If you look at his swing percentage, it increased by three percent. So, and, and if you look deeper into that, it's actually inside the zone that he really started to swing more. So I don't know if it was something uh, that 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 might have come from from upstairs and 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 the guys in the front office saying, "Hey, you're if you swing a little bit more, you can do a little bit more damage inside the zone. Uh, you're missing some pitches by just looking at them and being patient. That uh, could potentially become a damage hits. And not only that, but." It's not him that, he, that needs to do this. I think we talked about Yoshi yesterday. Yeah. Uh, maybe needing to swing the bat more often. And, and a lot of pitches that you, you go by and, and, and see it with your bat on your shoulder, maybe swing a little bit. And we saw that Joey swung a little bit more. Yes, you're going to get the strikeouts a little bit more often than not. But at 19%, I'll take that if you're still creating some damage. And, and Joey definitely did do that.
0: Now, is that strikeout rate higher compared to 2019 or 2018 or both? Both. I guess, in, okay.
1: In 2018 and in 2019, uh, he had 17.6, then it went up to
0: 17.9%, and this year to 19%. Okay, because my only theory would be with 2019 if it was just a 2019 thing. And again, it's a percentage point. It's not 179 to 19%. That's really not much of anything. Right at all. That that's a margin deal. But if I was, if it was a, a significant number from 2019, you might think, well, with that wrist injury, maybe he was being more passive and just trying to take a lot more pitches from there. I don't think it's concerning by any means. I mean, if he, if he, I would take every day and, and twice on Sunday, a, a strike up percentage is between 17 and 19%, 20%. I mean, oh, that's especially with the, the strikeout numbers of today's game. I mean, yes. That, that's I mean, you have
1: Adamus at 36%. You have a 36 double. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So, no, you, you love it. But I wanted to see why it increased. And it increased because he started swinging a lot more inside the zone. Uh, I'm guessing that was uh, from upstairs telling him, hey, you're missing some pitches by just looking at him. Mm-hmm. And I think Yoshi Sutsugo, just a guy that we talked about yeah. recently, should take that Joey Wendell advice from the front office and, and start swinging a little bit more rather than just keeping the bat on the shoulders. Willie Adamas, game six. I haven't forgotten.
0: Yeah, and maybe just uh, good one there. Uh, maybe just a, a byproduct of getting more action and becoming more comfortable as a big leaguer because you mm-hmm. didn't really get any playing time with the Athletics, and then the injury comes with the Rays in 2019. Now he's got a resume under him a little bit, so maybe he feels a little bit more confident and comfortable uh, swinging a little bit more, especially if he's swinging at decent pitches in the zone, you can, you can live with that. Okay. Uh, without further ado, it is, it is great time for Joey window. What are you giving? Uh, no batting gloves here.
1: He had an a on my book an a minus on my book before the postseason.
0: Uh-huh. Uh,
1: but if every, if Nick Anderson can take a bump, uh, in the, because of the postseason, and everybody else took a bump. If Glass now takes a bump, Brandon Lau took a bump. Meadows, guess what? Joy Wendell also needs to take a little bit of a hit here. So I had him in an A minus, but that brought him down to just a
0: B, an 86. Okay. Uh, I'm giving him a B plus. Uh, a lot of weight on the regular season. And yes, I know the offensive numbers are porous for Joy Wendell, but defensively, he saved a lot of runs. I mean, seemingly, yeah. he saved a lot of hits and saved uh, saved a lot of activity on the base pass. So I think that is something that can't be underscored enough. So BB plus, I think we're, we're kind of pretty much on the same page there with Joey Wendell. All right, let's go ahead and move on to Ryan Yarbrough after this.
1: Okay, Kevin, it's time for Lakeland's own Devil Ray fan himself, Ryan Yarbrough. Who I believe had a growth season in 2020. He had a one and four record, pitching 55 and two third innings, carrying a 3.56 ERA, a 3.80 FIP. He allowed 54 hits, 44 strikeouts, 12 walks, with a WHIP of 119. According to Fangraphs, accumulated a 1.0 WAR. However, I want a couple. Uh, I want to focus on a couple of things here with, with Ryan in 2020. I said earlier that this was a season of growth. This is what I mean by this. Um, his left-on-base percentage, which has quickly become one of my favorite stats, um, meaning how well he can keep runners stranded on the bases uh, opposed to scoring, is an, at an all-time high of 77.3%. That is great. He's learning how to keep the runners uh, on base and and, and uh, allowing the situation to not get uh, s- snowballed into a, a horrible inning. That's, that's beautiful work. His exit velocity has continually decreased every year in the big leagues from 85.7 to now 82.6 uh, miles an hour, making him top 1% of the league. That's elite elite he actually also ranked in the top two percent of the league in hard hit contact allowed and when you add that to the fact that hitters are worsening their launch angles against Yarbrough, and the barrel percentage has also decreased to now under six percent this all bodes very well for mr ryan yarbro uh he's working with four pitches right now uh, mixes them all pretty well the four seam the cutter which is obviously his biggest pitch he throws it more than a third of the time, uh, a changeup and a slider. When I looked at all the 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 pitches though, the curveball doesn't get much love in the usage, only at 10%, but it's definitely the one that's getting the best results. Out of the cutter, the four, the curveball is getting the best results. So maybe we can see a little bit more of that pitch being used in um in 2021. Like we all know, he got hurt in the middle of the season, uh, but it was only for a short stint. I believe he only missed two starts. Uh, and then the playoffs started, and he answered the bell with almost an identical five-inning-pitched uh, performance, allowing two runs each time against the Yankees and the Astros. Then in the L.A. series, he was used three times, uh, kind of out of his element, uh, one-time pitching, even two-thirds of an inning in the middle, um, so it, it, it kind of shows that the Dodgers were so good that the Rays, who are always planning ahead of time, uh, might have had to improvise during the World Series there with how they used Ryan Yarbrough. Uh, overall, I think a very, very good season, solid. And the problem with Yarbrough is because he's not flashy, people don't give him the props that he deserves, and that's and I think that's that's something. That can't happen. Uh, just like we we stress that Kevin Kiermaier is the best outfielder, defensive outfielder, at least um, in the last five six years. Mm-hmm. Yarbrough is elite in what he can do very well. And when you say that uh, he pitched more innings than Snell, uh, that he had a better postseason and was a better pitcher than Tyler Glasnow in, in, in the playoffs, um, you got to give this guy the respect that he deserves. Uh, he did things that a Cy Young didn't do and that some people called uh, a Cy Young candidate for Tyler Glasnow and he outperformed both of them in different things
0: yeah really good uh wrap up there for Ryan Yarbrough and if not for that brief injury he would have had by a pretty good margin the most innings pitched on the team he was second most in innings pitched on in the team really I mean, he was the guy that the Rays let loose a little bit, going six and a third, six and a third, six and two thirds, seven. He even pitched seven innings during a regular season game this year. Now, some of that, it's kind of funny how the Rays use him at times where, okay, one time they'll they'll give him three innings and the next outing they'll give him six and then we're just going to give you four. Like, they kind of work him and move him around a little bit, but you really hit on the point of he doesn't have a lot of gas or flash to his game, and I think that... Uh, detracts from the, you know. It's it's really fun to watch Blake Snell pitch. It's really fun to watch Tyler Glass now pitch. It's it's maybe not as fun to watch Ryan Yarbrough fire in a an 85 mile an hour cutter or whatever it is. Um, my question is though, as it sits right now, uh, the Rays have Tyler Glass now, Blake Snell, and then Ryan Yarbrough would be the team's presumable number three starter. Are you comfortable or satisfied with that scenario of him going into 2021 as the number three instead of the number four or the number five? Do you think he's up for that challenge? Is he good enough to be a number three?
1: I think he's definitely up for the challenge. I think uh, Rays race fans, Rays race front office and coaching and players have seen enough from Ryan Yarbrough to say that he has shown that he deserves to be uh, a full-time starter. No dilly-daddling on two-thirds of an inning and, and three innings here. That's, he's, he's grown. This, this was a season of growth. He is able to step in and, and, and be a number three starter. That does not mean, however, that I think that the Rays can stop looking for options in the pitching because that is not, they're not mutually exclusive. Is Ryan Yarber ready to be a number three starter? For sure. Do I still want them to get Corey Kluber? Absolutely. Uh, I think they they need options. Uh, Is Cookie Carrasco available? Let's get him. Uh, Maybe I'm going Indians here. I I don't know why he picked on Cleveland here, but uh, that's my point. They need pitching depth, but that doesn't mean that Ryan Yarbrough needs to be relegated to a fourth or a fifth spot in the rotation and and be a guy that can still be a swing bulk guy. No, I think he has grown enough to be a number three and a complete full starter.
0: You also wonder too, uh, speaking to your point about going out and finding another arm, If they need to find a right-handed arm, because as it sits right now, you possibly would have Snell Yarbrough, maybe Josh Fleming, maybe Shane McClanahan that's four (laughs) lefties in a rotation. And there's a lot of strong righty bats in the ALE. So that's something to consider as well with that. And I think really what helps not to take away what Ryan Yarbrough brings to the table, because he is just a master of weak contact and command and control and but fuddling hitters without striking out a lot of guys um is it really helps that he's on the race he's on a team that prioritizes defense infield outfield yeah. and really saves his bacon and has saved his bacon throughout you need those guys to convert double plays and and things of that elk there uh, another thing too um Speaking of Ryan Yarbrough, that something that I don't think gets discussed enough is that that was a windfall of a trade for the Rays in getting Ryan Yarbrough <laughs> from the Seattle Mariners. If you track back to, uh, to 2017, the Rays traded Drew Smiley to the Mariners for Ryan Yarbrough, Malik Smith and Carlos Vargas. Smiley begins the season with the Mariners on the disabled list. And then June of that year, it was announced he'd need Tommy John surgery, therefore ending his season and career with Seattle, stint with Seattle without ever having started a game. And then December of that year in 2017, he signs a two-year deal with the Cubs. So really, the Mariners got nothing, nothing. They, They gave away Yarbrough, Malik Smith, and Carlos Vargas, for nothing, of course. Drew Woof. Smiley getting hurt and leaving, and uh based off of that, I mean, again, and you not- want
1: and you want to trade with Seattle? I think you said the other day. Will Snell could could go back home? I yeah. I, don't, I think if if Seattle uh, gets a call from from the eight one three or a seven two seven area code, they're going uh-huh. like, no, don't leave it to voicemail. I'm PTSD. I, I I can't I can't take this
0: call from the race. I don't I don't want to know this. Kyle Lewis. Let's get Kyle Lewis and several others. By the way, Drew Smiley, can you believe he's on his eighth, in his eighth MLB organization? Oh my goodness. What, that should be a trivia question. Yeah. Name all the franchises he's been with. That is crazy. Ooh, that is a good one. What is but good one? Um, anyway, back to, to Yarbrough. I think we've, we've just about covered, we know what he is and what he provides in. He had a really good season this year and I think it was sort of Wendell-esque in that it wasn't under the radar season. He's a guy because yeah. he doesn't have a lot of chrome, a lot of flash. He doesn't get. He never gets mentioned in the same yeah. sentence, really, as Tyler Glass now and they're even and Charlie Moore.
1: Yeah, and they're even killed. both Wendell and Yarbrough. So again, they're not going to to get the cameras all on them. So they they go under the radar, and and and, and that's okay. If it works, don't 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 change it up. It, you know, that's it's their personality and. I think this is a really good pair-up, Wendell and Yarbrough. It's kind of like the same guy, but you know, in diff- on different sides of the ball. And, and, and they produce, and they're really good. And it, does, it, it sucks that mainstream media doesn't really talk about these guys, but maybe it's, yeah. it's for the better for the Rays, that, that they don't get a lot of spotlight because then you can keep them.
0: Yes, absolutely. Both lefties, too, by the way. Yeah. I do wonder if Yarbrough would use batting gloves if he got an opportunity to at bat. Uh, to get in that Ooh, probably not
1: I, so. I honestly think he would not lakeland now nah, he's he, he's played without batting gloves uh for sure and like in a farm somewhere
0: picking yeah. strawberries in lakeland and such okay i got gotcha. you yeah. i i get yeah. where you're going although he's yeah. uh he's kind of a private school kid i think he went to a private school in lakeland so maybe he's too fancy to get his hands dirty i don't know he he finds a way to <laughs> grind in his he he's a grinder as far as getting hitters out i think we can agree on that point there okay grade time i guess i've got to give a grade first um i'm gonna go with a b plus for yarbs same okay. as joey wendell b plus like an 88 so you got him on 88 for the most part yeah around there perfect oh, okay I, I i got him at a 90 a
1: minus okay uh, the only thing I, I would have liked to have seen, maybe, is in not getting hurt. I know it was only two starts, but you know, not getting hurt is always a nice thing uh, from 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 a pitcher that you want innings from. And um, maybe if he would have done that, you, you got a little bit more of a, a of a leash during the playoffs, and you would have saved some arms. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. he did spectacularly in, in the ALCS and the ALDS, providing five innings of work. Um, yeah, that's what you need, you know. And a lot of other pitchers didn't do that. So, you know, and I'm looking at Snell and Glass now here. He outperformed the two guys that, um, in different in different things, but he outperformed number one and number two, and I think that needs to be said.
0: Right, yeah. It, it was really impressive what he did in the ALCS where the Astros stacked righties against him, and just he he worked that changeup down and away, away from those hitters and got them to swing and miss on that pitch there. All right, we did it. We got through the 2020 player reviews. I think we're done. Even if the Rays sign, re-sign Mike Zanino, we will not go back and do a player review. We'll do a player (laughs) forward, maybe a a future outlook, future value type of thing, but we will, we'll maybe mention the past a little bit, but our series, our long running series that has been going on for weeks now. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. It seemed like we got positive feedback on this. Um, and if you have negative feedback, if you don't like these, please reach out to us, shoot us an email, locked on raise at gmail.com. I mean, we, we want all kinds of feedback on what we're doing with our segments and such
1: 100%. We always like feedback, uh, positive or negatively. So I'll always provide that either on Twitter, on Instagram, by email, it, I'd locked on raise, uh, mm-hmm you you all know how, how to find us. Now, we've got a ton of more things prepared obviously. Tomorrow is the episode Rambling Race comes back uh, on yes. Friday. So so that'll be great to have. We're all also going to be doing little fun things around the off season. Not only talking about the the winter meetings and what go, goes on with the race, but we've got a a few ideas planned on on how to have fun when maybe news aren't so hot, yeah, uh, like they've been in the past.
0: Yeah, and we've got, I mean, next week, we haven't really had time to dive into it, but it is something we will likely be discussing is the, the minor league realignment, Sternberg having diarrhea of the mouth, just a lot of things yeah. going on with that that we will get to and take a closer look at next week in the meantime check out our brand new patreon page patreon.com slash raise unfiltered that wraps up this edition of locked on raise now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of locked on mlb prospects hope you all have a wonderful day stay safe and we'll talk to you friday